0: Word Radio On Demand 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD Streaming live at WordRadio.com Joining us now Is Karen Asper Jordan She is from uh, The Cecil B. Moore Philadelphia Freedom Fighters and As we talk about the legacy Of Gerard College um, We of course Are talking about um, the uh, Cecil B. Moore Philadelphia Freedom Fighters. Karen Asper, Jordan, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Doing wonderful, thank you. Good. It is great to have you here. Tell us about the Cecil B. Moore Philadelphia Freedom Fighters. Well, we were,
1: we were a group of young people. We're older now, but yeah. uh, we were people that uh, admired and followed Cecil B. Moore in the fight for equality and justice here in the Philadelphia. Yeah. And most of us were introduced to him at Gerard College when the picketing started there. Yeah. And we followed him ever since. Uh, we were mentored by the older people on the line because none of us had ever been really involved with any kind of demonstrations. Yeah. And once we started and we learned more that that made us more inclined to continue because even today we still continue to uh, participate in demonstrations and Give money to different causes, yeah. And we talk to children, and we go to schools and colleges just to spread this this word of inclusion and sacrifice because yeah. it does take a sacrifice, and we did sacrifice as children.
0: Yeah. You know, so. you know, when when you when you talk about Cecil B. Moore, you know the the current generation um, doesn't know a lot about Cecil B. Moore. Of course, Cecil B. Moore Avenue was named for. Cecil B. Moore. It was Columbia Avenue when I was coming up, when I lived on 25th and Oxford. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but but it is now named after Cecil B. Moore. He was, of course, a president of the NAACP. He was a lawyer. He was a, a council person. Who was Cecil B. Moore to you?
1: He was everything I thought a man should be. He was brash. He was fearless. He believed in the Constitution He believed that black people, by way of the Constitution, had every right afforded them and it shouldn't be denied. And he knew that it was illegal, it was immoral, and it was against the law to have segregation here in this country. And when he was in the military, because he was a Montfort Point Marine, when they they were the first to desegregate the Marine Corps, well, those guys had to build their own barracks they were treated like dirt. The enemy was treated better than they were. Yeah. And he had to come back to this country and still face discrimination when they put their lives on the line for this country. And he said, when he was there, he said, when I got back, he said, I wasn't going, I was going to use every weapon in the arsenal of democracy for my rights. And he came, when he came here to Philadelphia, uh, he went to Temple Law School when it was yeah. down where Gimbals is. Mm-hmm. And that's where he went to law school. He went at night. But people don't know he was one of the few liquor distributors. He worked for uh, a distillery with alcohol and all. You know, we know Cecil drank it all. And this is what he did. That's how he got to know so many people. And he loved being around the regular man and woman. But somebody has said Cecil could talk with the unlettered people as well as he could with the lettered people. And they could all be in the same room. And he did not look down on our folks. Yeah. He did not look down on the poor. And when he, de- set, when he became president of the NAACP, he took it from the elite organization because they were the middle class. He called them the, the tea the sipping uh, <laughs> fashion set. You know, uh-huh. And he changed that. Yeah. And he empowered people. Mm-hmm. And when he came out and he spoke the way he did as forcefully and he showed his fearlessness that made a difference that's why he had so many people to follow him and what he got uh, from like 7,000 in the NAACP or so when he came when he took over it was almost like 30,000 people so this is what he did strawberry mansion and that was brutal yeah and that was beautiful even here at Gerard College it was brutal yeah a lot of people got run over uh-huh. by uh, motorcycles and, bitten by dogs Mm. it was a lot going on in this small little area here yeah uh thanks to frank rizzo yeah uh you have slum landlords they were we were against we we would pick at anybody and he believed in us yeah and the main thing was we believed in ourselves we were young we knew we were going to make a difference we felt it within us yeah and a lot of us took on their name, put Freedom in front of our names. Mine didn't sound right. Freedom Karen didn't sound right. They would say it. But Freedom George or Freedom Frank, that had a ring to it. Uh huh. But this is what we did. And we went anywhere. And I was happened to be looking at a documentary. Mm-hmm. And Miss Wright, who moved up into Kensington. Yeah. And they were harassed there. We were the young militants before we were, seems to be more full of freedom fighters. But they went up there and stayed with her and protected her. And these are the kind of things we did in the city. Yeah. When the Klan came outside of Lincoln University, the young militants went up there mm-hmm. to confront the Klan. They act like they were police officers, but they went up to confront, confront the Klan. Yeah. So our people were fearless. And Cecil said to us, he said, uh, You know, all of these people I'm introducing you to? Yes, yeah, Cecil, y'all think they're great. Yes, yeah, Cecil, they're great. He says, Some of these folks here sell their mothers out for $6,000. So he let us know. We have to look out for other people. You can follow people. Yeah, yeah. But you still have to get the receipts. Yeah. That's what the kids say, get the receipts. Mm-hmm. This has never stopped. Now, we're in our 70s and 80s now. Yeah. We're still doing the things we're supposed to be doing. And we have to educate our young because they are our future.
0: Yes, they are. So my question is: is this, because so many of us, I think, don't know our history and sometimes it scares me because when you don't know history you're doomed to repeat it mm-hmm. um, and, and when you don't know history you don't know what you're up against mm-hmm. and so you know as an elder now as somebody who was one of these young people who, who were out here fighting this fight how do you make sure that our people now that our young people especially No one understand our history and know what they're up against.
1: They have to be taught. Uh And back in the day, we had freedom schools. Yeah. We had people that would give of their time to educate our children. We go to schools, and we get invited a lot to talk to the children in schools. We go to colleges. I think what helped us a lot was when we were coming up, a lot that we didn't know. But we came up, we had black teachers in our schools. I went to Reynolds, I went to Vox. Mm -hmm. Found out that Jesus was a black man. He was a colored man when I was in the kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And I went home and I said, you know, you know, Jesus is colored. And my grandmother just looked at me and she said, oh yeah, that's from some kind of people. Mm -hmm. You know, so all of those kind of things. And that was, that was happening. And you had black teachers that wanted us to succeed.
0: Yeah.
1: And... They imparted a lot of that. Parents have to teach their children, even if it's only one little book. Right. Take them to the library. Get them a black book. Mm -hmm. Read it to them. Mm -hmm. We have everything at our disposal
0: now. Do you think we've done enough to teach our children?
1: No. And just like the teachers fought, a lot of them fought because they didn't want to teach black history in schools. There was a big backlash over that. And they can't tell you any different. But if they don't do it, we have to do it. And we have to hold everybody accountable. We have elected officials that know what's going on.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it's going to be a hard sell, but they have the power to do it. Yeah. But there are a lot of people that are going to be fighting. And that's the only thing about the movement or whatever else is going on in this country. And people say, why are we still fighting for the same thing we fought for yeah. 50, 60, 80 years, 100 years ago? It's because as you progress, yeah, somebody's working to take that progress away.
0: You're right about that. You are right about that. Karen, I want to thank you so much for joining us this morning on WURD. That's Karen Asper-Jordan from the Cease to Be More Philadelphia Freedom Fighters. Thank you for joining us on WURD Radio. We certainly appreciate it.
1: You've been listening to
0: Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.